righty, season three, episode seven of the On Track podcast. Here for Sergeant. I never introduced myself. But I don't know if it's necessary or not. But I, I think, never have. I think everybody knows who you are, Herb. <laughs> but there's some people outside the company that listen to this. There really are. But uh, for those people, I'm going to remain a mystery here. I have the workforce development team in here with me, Kevin Gordon. Morning, Herb. Workforce Advancement Director, Kendall Bickford. Good morning. Workforce Advancement Instructor. Train, trainer. 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 Instructor. Instructor. Man of many words. No, not many words, <laughs> many talents. Okay. Uncle Correct. Kendall. Uncle right. Kendall. And Pete Perizzo, Workforce Development and Recruitment. Hi. Morning, guys. Morning. I know it was a, I had to twitch you guys up here with a skitter. <laughs> you guys... <laughs> You guys don't like to be in front of the microphone very well. No, no, but somebody's got to do it, I guess. Herb. Somebody's so got to do it. We'll do the best we can with it. So we're going to talk real quick about Project Awards. We've got a main topic with these guys uh, here with me. We've got a few shout-outs, not as many as I'd like, but there are a few. Got the prices right, the gallons and the miles of RCAT 330 that has 3,996 hours on it. And I'll... I'll give you a hint right now. It gets 49.6 gallons per mile. No announcements, no announcements today. So we'll just move on to project awards. We've got a couple solar projects, one down in Gorham, Maine, and uh, another one we don't have quite nailed down yet. So Pat's asked me not to, not to talk about that one. We've got a few other projects that we're in the midst of negotiating for, for contracts that we put prices in in recent weeks. So hopefully by next week we'll have some news to come on those. I do know that our folks in the Mid-Atlantic are extremely busy, yeah. like suddenly. Yeah. They, uh, they hauled in a lot of work there, and, and, and Justin really did a hell of a job down there. Yeah, yeah. They had uh, we had some of their foremen up here during our foreman training there, Herb, for the leadership training, and they were talking about the, the the amount of work they just got and stuff they're all moving out to and getting ready on projects and stuff. Yeah. It seems like they're pretty excited and pretty happy. I think they on. are, yeah. That's awesome. So we're going to move on to the main topic, which is workforce development. And I guess I just want to start with, with what we've been doing to date. Mm-hmm. I know it hasn't been a ton. There's been a lot of planning for it. Uh, but let's just go ahead and talk about what we've been doing to date as far as workforce training. Sure, sure. So um, we started out with, well, we actually had a, a session planned in December for the new hires, uh, craft workers from last year. Um, we call them SCA 2021 for lack of a better term, but they're, they're the new hires that, that yep. haven't been through much training with us. But they were so busy in the field, and they still are, and then most of them are still out there working that uh, that got postponed until later on this winter when we can fit them in and get them in for a week's worth yep. of training. Uh, we moved on to craft worker training. Uh, they were able to give us some of those guys, so we spent a week with those uh, up here in Stillwater working on a bunch of different things. And then we moved so over to... Can, like like what kind of things were you working on with them? Well, they ended up doing, um, you know, there was going to be hard skills training, so they, they would go out and uh, f- f- unfortunately it was, well, as everybody's dealing with the cold and stuff, but Kenny and Randy and, and the, the maintenance facility up there gave us um, some room in the paint bay as well as the sludge bay to do some work in there. And, they, and Kenny and Randy were awesome. They set up a bunch of things in there that we'd asked them to set up with like for tapping water line. And, oh, yeah. And, and um, I think you've seen on some of the social media stuff where um, uh, Holden Kimball had set up this um, this three-foot pipe to act as like a, 
you know, a catch basin, and then he set a laser inside it, and we had a pipe going out of it, so they'd learn how to set up a laser and set up a transit with a laser and things like that. But we also had some, you know, stuff in the classroom and stuff that we worked on with them, you know, and I'll let Pete chime in on some of that. Let's not forget the bomb shelter. Oh, yeah, that's right, too. That's right, too. Yeah. I didn't think we were going to bring that up. <laughs> what, what's this talk about a bomb shelter? Well, we... um Last year, we had, we had the testing structures put in. So Frog and everybody came right. up last year, and we put in these two catch basins, uh, two, two sewer manholes to use for our testing and t- to train people how to vacuum test a uh, manhole as well as we've got pipes that go between the two structures that we installed so they can work on how to test and do low-pressure low air tests, which we've had some issues with in the past in the company, yep. and yeah. we all know that. So we want to train people up on that. So um, last year, we put two portable carports over it and we had one windstorm that took out the first one and put it up into the trees by the main office no no then the the second one lasted until the second windstorm hit us and we lost that and we had no training the first one must have been cutting out the wind for the second one (laughs) it worked pretty well for a while (laughs) so we built a we built a little rugged one this year out of some supplies that we found just laying around around here and uh it's not going anywhere it's got the Concrete waste blocks. I heard tell it wasn't going to be moving. It, it, it won't be anytime soon. It shouldn't yeah. be. It hasn't blown over yet, so we're happy with that. So we put heat in there, and we actually go in there and train now, and that's our, our, our okay, testing good. facility. Yep, yep. So they, they, they get some exposure to some of that stuff. Um, again, we always go over and we ask um, you know people to come down and talk with them, like Tasha and people like that, to come down and talk with them on uh, a, lot, a lot of personal finance type stuff, um, benefits and things like that. Um, and so it touches on something we're going to hit at the end of this talk, mm-hmm. this build a life with us program. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And that's, that's what a lot of it's about. So the craft workers get to work on a lot of that stuff. Plus we're exposing them herb to things that they may be more interested in plans, specs, you know, uh, building of a P3 and things like that. Things that, yeah, we don't expect them to do it, but we want them to know a lot about it and understand it. When it's they really for the preparing those folks so when all of a sudden, and this this happens, it's happened the whole life of this company, yep. an opportunity comes and you go tap somebody on the shoulder and say, okay, now you're a foreman or now you're a superintendent or now you're this or that. Right. And we haven't done any training right. toward that. Right. And it's so they get there and they're immediately inundated with, all right, what are my hard tasks I've got to do? Right. You know, what are those things? And, and they can get overwhelmed in a hurry. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to introduce them to some of those things before they need them. Right. Exactly. The other thing we do is we leave some time uh, for them to suggest topics as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that one, we took a couple topics on the fly, one of them being uh, pop level, yep. right? We didn't really have that planned into the itinerary, but uh, somebody mentioned it. So we, we trained on it. Kendall, yeah. you know how to use one of those? It's one of my specialties. <laughs> did, did you do some teaching on the pop level? I did. Yeah. I was actually surprised they asked about it. Yeah. And that is a good point. Yeah. It's kind of heartening, isn't it? For it those is. of us that grew up with pop levels in our hands. Well, it's it's kind of like one of those mystery tools. You know, they see somebody have, have one on, they see him using it. It's like, uh, I wouldn't have a clue how to use that. And it's like a slide rule to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the right just, ang- what's a slide rule? Right angle prism <laughs> amazes them too. Yeah. A lot of guys have never seen that either. And what a handy tool that is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they get a lot of different things, Herb, in, in that, you know, it, but then we moved on to, um, uh, form and leadership training and that we spent um, uh, three sessions with that and we had to split we brought most of the foreman in split them in half and had group one group two so like throughout the winter we had three different times they would come in to, to uh we were with the black bear in 
And the first day would be sergeant. We'd be training ourselves, the first group of foremen. The second day, we brought in um, uh, Wally Adamchick from Firestarter, and he helped us with uh, a lot of the other stuff like disc profiles and learning your style as compared, like Pete and I, if we were going to, you know, interact, how, how our styles work. Kind of communi- how you communicate. How to communicate, I, yeah. Yeah, and, and plan, things like that. So we had three different sessions of that all through the winter. So and then, um, so each foreman, I, I know some guys had to miss here or there, but yeah. the idea was each foreman would get three two-day sessions of training. Correct. Yeah. Some on, that were trained by us, you folks, yep. Yep. Uh, on sergeant items, and yes. some that were trained uh, one day each or three days each with fire starter. Correct. Yep. 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 And we really appreciate operations uh, being flexible with that. I'm sure yeah. it was... Uh, Sure, it was a challenge getting guys in, especially with snowstorms and, and yeah. a lot of ongoing projects. So we, we truly appreciate that. Yeah, and they, they communicated with us throughout the whole thing, letting us know, well, I got to swap this guy and that guy. And they apologized, you know, and I said, look, we got this much work going on out there. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll we'll do whatever you guys need to fit people in. And um, it's awesome that we got this many people working this time of year. I'm just super impressed with that. So we'll do anything yes, we can to fit busy. them in. Yeah. So. What 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 was a do you have a, like a general observation or a specific observation on those three day sessions three two day sessions? I know that uh, Wally in particular. I mean, a lot of it was not just based on work, right? I mean, I pulled a lot of it out just how to handle my personal life as far as I don't know dealing with people and family members and making the time. One of the it, big things he said was. Uh, Every time you say yes, you say no. To someone else. Yeah, so that yep. kind of, that hit home. Yep. And it's it's really interesting that disc profile training, you know, I think we know it uh, insightfully that everyone's different, but we don't really know how that difference manifests itself in the way people hear or talk or communicate and understanding those different personality pro- profiles and how we can change both our listening and our delivery to, to better accommodate good communication. Exactly. And Wally really pushed this in that every morning he would start out with, he'd have some of us sit at a table with a group of foremen, uh, us being, um, you know, Kendall, Pete, or myself, you guys, yeah. and you and Eric and, and whoever else would be there. Tasha, I think, even sat on on some. Yep. And that was awesome because then he'd ask us a bunch of questions to get us talking amongst ourselves and everybody had to take a turn. And to watch the interactions, and the, or even when he'd take a break, you know, Wally would, would you'd see the guys just kind of c- congregate and just start talking and stuff. You know, we had, we had I think, seven foremen up from the Mid-Atlantic, and they were in amongst the tables with all these, everybody else. And just to watch everybody communicate and talk amongst themselves, and, and they got really comfortable, even to the point where one of the uh, form, young foremen from the Mid-Atlantic, uh, Scott Schlechter, Yeah. He actually asked if he could stay up here after the last training, and he's up here right now working with John Coates. Yeah, that's great initiative, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. To to ask for that opportunity to exactly to, to stay and and yeah. learn something totally different because that's not the kind of work that we were doing in Virginia. You know, there's right. heavy pipe work. Right, exactly. In fact, Kendall came up with the idea, and I mentioned this before that um, those guys, the Mid Atlantic foreman, seemed pretty interested in all that work in Portland. Why don't we bring them up a day early? And we brought them up a day early between the, on the on the second session, and they get to spend a day down in Portland. I, I know Doug gave them a tour and on both projects, and they were really impressed with that yeah, work. Great. And our guys mentioned they'd love to get down there and see how they do work down there. Yeah, because they, they want to see a different type of work. Exactly. You know, you see 
some scrapers rolling around exactly. down there and, and the dirt moving. It, it, it moves differently. Yeah. And, uh, and there's kind of more of it, more yeah. of the dirt moving that I think we all love. But yeah. 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 Good. So, so uh, other training herb we got left, um, we haven't talked about is, um, we still, we still have, uh, to, like I said, to bring in those, those SCA 2021. And then we get some heavy equipment operated training again this spring, just very similar to what we did last spring. But as with every training, we asked, for some feedback from the last training and they want to um they'd like us to be a little bit more uh, like planned out as in like maybe have some plans to work off I see, to do yeah. some of the work and put it in place because we have foreman new newer foreman working with them and stuff so we're working on that as well getting yep. that already so a lot of this winter is about not just the training but it's also planning and making sure when we do have the training it's really um you know we thought things through. Yeah. We got a good plan. To, and I think to work I heard on. you say you've got junior superintendent training. Correct. Yes. Yeah. We have that um, after the foreman super training. Correct. Yeah. And that's an effort for us to have guys that that look like they're about to take that next step. Yep. And introduce them to the to the tasks again, right. so that when they do get tapped on the shoulder into that step, they're at least familiar with a lot of the more administrative tasks, but kind of the leadership type principles and that sort of thing that, that they're going to be called on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you always mention this. We're always training the person for that next level up kind of. So that's what this is all about. You know, we have some um, some really bright young people that are, are eager and anxious, and we yep. just want to make sure we've got them a little more prepared because they're going to get tapped. It's going to happen, Yep. you know, which is awesome. Yep, yeah. it is. Those uh, roles and responsibilities going from a craft worker position to a foreman position, and then again from foreman to junior superintendent. Um, what makes you uh, successful at one position may not necessarily translate directly to the next one. They all kind of build on each other, uh, but there's a totally separate set of skills, as you kind of hit on, uh, that needs to be developed for that next next position up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because there's leadership and there's management, and you have to be able to, to, to do both. Right. That's right. right. Yep. So... If you had to look back, or you, we are looking back, what's one big thing, for instance, in the foreman training that we'd maybe try to shift up? Well, um, you know, how come he backed away from the mic? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not really. I'm not really sure. I see him smiling over there. I, You're pointing I, at him like this is your question. He just backs up. Like, shows, like shows you what kind of Paul I got around here. The, the 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 truth is like like everything else. Uh, you know, at the end of a day, we debrief. And there's always things we can be improving on. Um, I'm laughing because I had a post today on LinkedIn about uh, the graduation ceremony that we yeah. did and uh, what that first one looked like on Tuesday versus the second one on Wednesday. Yeah. And just between, you know, just a, a day apart, we made some pretty drastic changes. Still didn't perfect it, and we're never going to perfect it, but right. um, just being able to sh- How my historical talk is, is 10 years apart. You guys made... <laughs> Drastic, dramatic <laughs> changes in one day. Well, changes anyway. <laughs> Good. I mean, we like like Pete says here. We're always looking to make things better, and um, it's kind of funny. Even at what six years in now, five six years in now, and, and it just seems to be getting better all the time. We're always tweaking things. So, um, you know, I guess some specifics. You know, as far as um, you know, I've got written down a few things here. Um, like for us, this is internal and this won't mean much to other people, but we want to keep a spreadsheet of, of especially newer hires, Herb, um, that have only been with us anywhere from say one to five years. So we can see, you know, when's the last time we went out and met with them or worked with them between Kendall and I out in the field. 
and stuff. And then when we have our weekly meeting, which we do, uh, Pete, Kendall and I meet every Tuesday afternoon um, prior to the Wednesday afternoon meeting with you and Eric. Yeah. And, and we want to be able to discuss, you know, as far as personnel, who we're working with and who we might need to look out for. We've got to be more deliberate about that so that we don't, right. don't, don't miss some people. You know, and that, that's, we're a big company. Well, it's easy to do with three, 400 people. Yeah. And even if we don't see them ourselves, we can either call them or we can call somebody that's working with them and see how they're doing. I guess one thing I've already seen changes, changing is I have more people coming up to me asking, can I work with so-and-so? Can I, can I get so-and-so to mentor this summer? Yep. And that's happened a, a few times to me now. And that's awesome because that's somebody we don't have to worry about because right. that person's invested yep. and they're going to take it. In fact, I had a young a young man come up to me last week and asked if he could work with a, a new hire that hired on this past summer for next season. And he says, I'm already, you know, the person he wants to work with, the mentee, is actually on TLO right now. And they're still staying in contact, which is exactly what we need. Sure. You know, those are the yeah. things that we can improve upon. You know, keeping that touch with people, as Pete says, throughout the you know throughout the layoffs. And, and this is all is two for me. There's two major thrusts. It's one to grow the people, yeah. but it's also to just kind of slow down the churn that we have in the organization, yeah. and and improve the retention, because when we get these people and we invest in them, we want to retain them, uh, and continue to grow them. Yeah, yeah. Like 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 everything else we do, sometimes we have to just kind of feel our way through it and then, and then adjust on the fly. So one of the things that we noticed is that, um, our, our people are the ones doing the training now yep. for a lot right. of the things, yep. you know, that I, was really cool. I, I can't bring any value in, in teaching somebody how to, how to, uh, do pipe testing. That's just not my strength. Um, but we have a lot of folks that are good at that. So when you're in the classroom with us, you're either going to be learning or you're going to be teaching yep. and, and there's really no, no slack time there. Nobody's slacking off. They're either, you know, learning or they're teaching the class so well, and that opens up a lot more doors even in the summertime so yes. now they're not just looking at us three that's right they mm-hmm. know they can phone exactly whoever yeah. else that helped them in the classroom they can phone them in the summer too well that's the that's what also one of the great things about having these guys all together and having them do some training is they begin to know who has what and what skills they can rely on and not put themselves on an island when it comes to trying to get a certain task done they can reach out. Certainly, they can reach out to you three, anyways. But um, you know, they can cut out the middleman and go right. straight to someone who's got a lot of tenure at pipe testing or right. or setting up a laser or whatever. Yeah. Did you think it was Friday? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm. I'm he's, he's been asked that a yeah, few times. I, I asked. I asked if he wasn't that. coming to work tomorrow. He just didn't say something to us. Yeah. You, you think tomorrow's Saturday? That's what you're doing. It's an early weekend for you. He's got his Hawaiian shirt on. He thinks it's Hawaiian Friday. Yeah. Pete does. Yeah. Anyways, moving right along. Um, <laughs> back back to that real quick over here. Yeah. You know, to me, for us now, it's so gratifying to see when someone, you work with somebody and they really get it and they start to understand it. But I'll tell you why. It's even funner to watch other people train people. Like that training we just had, the individualized training, to watch Madeline down there working with um, uh, Adam Cabaldo and showing him how she sets up her field book and how she fills it in for a pipe run and stuff like that. I mean, we just kind of step back and, I mean... Because what you're doing is you're watching someone pour value into someone else. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you're literally, that's what's happening. You're watching them take a picture of value and pouring it into someone else. And, I mean, that kind of one of the definitions of leadership is that understanding that you have control of someone else's 
trajectory. Yeah. It's that's just the plain truth. Right. And knowing that you do it and 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 delivering on that in service of everyone's increased value is really yeah. that's that is really cool to watch. Yeah. yeah. Very exciting. So we got a couple things that we're we're working on and, and we're so they're in the I guess a developmental stage that we think it's worthwhile updating everybody here. Uh, and one is an onboarding, a more formal onboarding routine. Yes. And so that's different from, from just orientation. Orientation is kind of, has always been like the first day of employment. Here's your benefits. Here's your hard hat. Here's your, this, we go down and show them some small equipment or whatever. Right. right. Um, and they get a safety talk, that sort of stuff. But now we're we're doing more. We're hoping to do more, and we're in the process of developing that. And I know the four of us have got a meeting coming right up to, to kind of help on that. But this onboarding process, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's an area we saw uh, some opportunity to, to improve in. And um, you just, again, you can't over-communicate a lot of this information. There's just you know, you're not going to over communicate it. So we set up some pretty specific, um, touch points, like at the end of your first week, uh, at the end of 30 days, at the end of 60 days end of 90 days to just be checking in with people, uh, see how they're doing, introduce new, new, uh, benefits that may be, uh, on the horizon. For example, uh, 401k, uh, let's say that doesn't, uh, become active until 60 or 90 days. Yep that's when we really need to be talking about that again. So it may have been introduced during the orientation period, um, but it needs to be reintroduced and talked about again. And Hey, by the way, out of your next paycheck, you're going to see uh, your contribution come out. And that's what this is about. And, and talk a little bit more about that. So rather and than the ESOP later on, right. Exactly. When they, when they become, uh, and they get their thousand hours in. And, and so rather than try to feed them with a, with a fire hose on day one, right. With all the stuff, and I mean, I I know it's your your head's like scrambled eggs yeah. after this, and and it's more about being intentional and and delivering that information on a more, I guess, time appropriate basis. Right. Yeah, to me, the biggest part is not allowing people to feel like they're kind of an, on an island. You know, coming into a new a new place of employment, not really knowing anyone. Um, it's hard enough coming in to a, to an, to an, uh, an unfamiliar situation and having to learn the type of work we're doing. Um, just having somebody to have contact with, you know, almost, almost like a mentorship situation and then keep that going through that process, um, has, has really done, done wonders. Yeah. And, and anyone that's joined us over the last, well, hundred years <laughs> has not gotten that. Right. Right. I mean, this is something that we, this is one of those efforts we're undertaking, number one, to make that new employee feel more comfortable and, and to help them make connections in the company. And also, hopefully, they'll, they'll learn more about us and it'll improve retention. They'll get that communication that we want them to get. They'll, they'll know where to get it. They'll know where to access it. And if they don't, they can call you. Yeah, and, and to be fair, not every situation lends itself uh, – to being set up well for that. So if somebody shows up, you know, the middle of July as a new hire and lands on a project, that project may be going, you know, seven days a week, 
12 hour days and, and the, you know, the leaders on that project may not have the time to go over those types of things. Right. So we, we understand what's going out in the field, going on out there in the field, and, and we want to kind of supplement that. And, the, and the, well, those folks are out there to build projects. That's right. And, you know, hopefully build people too, but they're out there to build projects. And what we're trying to do is is help support their building the projects with with better informed new employees. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So then we've got another one that we've we've put a video out called Build a Life with Us. And can you guys talk about that a little bit? So Build a Life with Us um, really focuses on three three areas uh, um, for our people, which is uh, career advancement, uh, self, and then wealth. And the message we're trying to send with that is that, you know, we want well-rounded people. Well-rounded people are happy people, right? So if we if we were to, let's say we were to ignore an aspect of somebody's life. Let's say we, we were to ignore the self piece, the, the wellness piece. Um, that wouldn't make for a very, very positive employment experience, would it? it if it, if it, somebody's it, sick all the time. So in any of those things, whether it's your career and if you're not well supported in your career right. or yourself or your wealth, right. if, if those aren't well supported and, and you haven't built a margin of safety, you become really brittle. That's right. In a way, so that, you know, it doesn't take much to, to create a crisis in your life. And so what we're trying to do is is kind of build that margin of safety so, you know, people aren't brittle. They're a little bit more resilient. Right. You, you take the health part of, it, part of it, Herb. You know, whenever we have trainings down here, we talk about, you know, have you been to the doctor in the, in the past year? Have you had your wellness exam and things like that? And you'd be surprised how many of our people, I mean, they focus on work. And that's why we understand this so well. We aren't the experts in, in all the benefits. We send them to Amy for right. that stuff, you know, and Heather for help with that. But we'll we'll try to encourage them, okay, we need to have our, our dental, you know, checkups. We need to have our, our wellness or our, or our yearly physicals and stuff like that, which your insurance pays for, you know. So we need to get that a baseline. You need to have a doctor in case something goes wrong. You've got that set up. And um, most people are just focused on work, really. That's what they do out here. Yeah. And, and they don't take care of themselves, which I think is a great part of of build a life with us is we're encouraging you. We're going to, we're going to help you on work, but we're going to help you in these other areas as well, because. Well, just awareness yeah. of, mm. of the potential pitfalls yep. and the, the resources available. Yes, exactly. That's really the ideal way to learn, right? Is from watching what may not have gone right for somebody more experienced and then being able to, you know, give that advice back to somebody, yep. you know, that's starting their career. So it's not that we want to get in and manage people's lives no, at all. No, no, no. We we don't want we we want to make them aware that that you know th- there are situations where you become brittle. You can become brittle in your relationships. You can com- become brittle in your finances if you know if there's no money saved at all, and you know all of a sudden you take your front end out in a pothole. Right. Exactly. Uh, that sort of stuff. So. Uh, trying to build resilience in there. So if, if something takes place, it's not a crisis. Right. I, I like to say, you know, when I get home, my wife cooks and I do the dishes. Yep. I never said I'm going to do the dish. I just go up and do them. And I figure I'm building a little bit of margin of safety. So, you know, if I come home late one day, it's not going to be that bad. Yep. And to your, not listening. to your point, we're not, you know, we're not trying to butt into people's, uh, no. you know, personal situations, but that investing in people piece, that's what it's all about is that, you know, we can't neglect 
any one area. We want to invest in the whole person. Right. So that's our, that's our, that's our motivation. Well, and, and, and so that when it's time to retire, we're in good shape. Right. We're in good shape, you know, in the way we manage all our resources. Right. Yep. Were you going to say something? I was just going to say, we're not just here to teach people how to shovel. <laughs> right. That's, that's true. We're here to make a well-rounded person. Well, that's a, that's a lot of great stuff, guys. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, there aren't three more people that care more about our crew than you guys do. And, you know, it, they ought to be, and I know they are, the ones that get a chance to interface with you guys, uh, ought to be so proud that you guys are on their team. And when I say you're on the team, I mean you're on the team. Well, I got you know, I look at it myself personally is, is I love, I love to work with people. So it's, you know, it's kind of a, it's, it's a lot of fun for me to go out and work with people and see the different situations they're in and help people, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty sure the other guys feel the same. I'm very sure of that. So they aren't going to say it, obviously. <laughs> it's my favorite part. I, I used to think I liked building, which I do. I really do like building, but well, the, you are building to me. The, my favorite part is, is watching people develop and succeed yeah. Yeah. and, and be happy. That's what I want. And letting them know that they have a lifeline if they need one. So they're yep. not on an island. Yep. Yep. Very good. I think we should move on to some shout-outs. Sure. Perfect. How about I take the first one? How about you take the first one? Mr. Joe Frazier wants to give a shout-out to Rick McKinley for filling out great time cards. He always has the information needed. It's legible and includes all equipment numbers from attachments he uses throughout the day. It makes Joe's job a lot easier. That that's, seems, you know, like that's a, a really good shout-out. It is. And it's awesome. that, shout that's, out. Yeah. that's the kind of shout-out I'd expect for Rick McKinley. Yeah, absolutely. Those those time cards are the backbone of our cost reporting structure. Right. Well, so. the, 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 the time cards are the backbone of our financial statements. There you go. Yep. yep. Kendall? Uh, the next one's from Sean Milligan. He says, I'd like to shout out to Jackson Blaze and Madeline Harvey for completing a couple of challenging change order projects for waste management. All right. Nice, nice. I think they showed us uh, I think they showed us some pictures of some in one of our trainings there that they had worked on. It was pretty impressive. They said they used they worked with our uh, fab shop up here to pull some stuff together, which is awesome. We got that that resource up there. Uh, I'm gonna do the next one. Uh, another one from Sean Milligan. I'd like to a shout out to Marty Chancer for Taking care of the New Hampshire region survey needs. Nice big job. Yep, absolutely. Uh, this next one's from Stuart McDonald's. Uh, he wants to give a shout out to Mike Parody and Nick Stone for keeping us on task in Bridgeton. Good one. Uh, Ed Barnes has a shout out to Brian Dement, Dana Legassi, Mad Hatch, Nick Colomy, Nick Styles, Ryan Motory, and Shane Cody. Crew's been working through rain, snow, wind, and very cold conditions to get the asphalt plant ready for another busy season and doing it with zero accidents. Thank you guys for your hard work and dedication to safety. Awesome one. Yeah, it has been pretty, is a good pretty brutal out there too. So I've got one I'm going to slide in here, Herb. Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to Amy Soames. She uh, she came into our, our foreman leadership training on the, on the last session and – uh, was going to speak on benefits, and she added in a talk on resilience. And I thought it was just awesome how she uh, she put that in and um, letting people know that a lot of people have challenges out there, you know, stressors, whether it's work stressors or home stressors. 
and there are resources and we have benefits and, uh, and things like that. And she kind of mentioned that kind of stuff. So I just want to mention that, that, um, she's a tremendous resource. So don't be afraid to reach out to Amy. Yeah, she really is. If you're having any kind of, any kind of issues at all, get a hold of her. She can point you in the right direction. So, yeah. Okay. Good match. Shout outs. You think we're going to prices right now? Sounds good. Sounds good. Tim Richards contacted me and said, what do you think about doing these? And I can't. I think he said somebody else came up with the idea, but I can't remember who it was, to do uh, what is the fuel usage and the miles traveled. And he gave me a, a whole list of pieces of equipment, and we decided to go with a 330 this past week, the CAT 330. And I did clarify, I said initially lifetime, but then I clarified it was 3,996 hours. That's our 330 yep. in its current life. So... Uh, we got, uh, nine, nine guesses. Yep. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. We get the same guesses almost every week, <laughs> yep. but you know that you can make another 2,500 bucks a year. If you just guess every week and get it right. Yeah. Get and yourself you, a Hawaiian shirt to wear, yeah, on, a, wear on a Tuesday. Right, on a Tuesday. <laughs> I, the only thing I can, uh, the only thing I can assume is you've won a few Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> It's nine degrees out, and you've got a short sleeve shirt on. Well, Anyways, the, the that's scary not what we're here to talk about. Um, so we're going to start with the fuel usage on the Cat 330. And over the course of the 3,996 hours we've had it, it has actually burned 12,946 gallons. And that's significantly lower than anyone guessed. Yes. Apparently, that 330 is a miser on fuel. <laughs> so the closest is uh, Ken Thurlow with 17,643.5 gallons. Randall King was just above that. Nick Stone just above that. Tyler Waterfield, Shane Cody, Derek True, Mark Wright, Chris Lynch uh, was up around 35,000. So he was almost three times. And Ben Watson was just above Chris. So, so there's no winner. So that's going to roll over to next week, and I'll tell the rest of that in a minute. Um, so the number of miles traveled by the Cat 330, what do you think it is, Kendall? I think it's 261 miles. <laughs> well, if, if, that, if that's what you thought, you would be spot on. Good guess. Problem is, I didn't guess. Right. So the Cat 330s actually traveled 261 miles. With three thousand nine hundred ninety-six miles on uh, hours on it, rather, and we have a lot of different mileages. Ben Watson guessed more than I have on my pickup. <laughs> Ben's <laughs> least, always least right he, in there. We see guessed. Ben Watson said twenty-two thousand two hundred thirty-four miles. We'd be chasing that sucker down over New Zealand right now. <laughs> we probably tracked it down to the Mid Atlantic a few times at right. that rate. Um, Let's see, who else we got? Uh, Randall King, 1,762. Ken Thurlow, 1,611. Tyler Waterfield, 345. 
Derek True said 100 miles. Chris Lynch said 113 miles. He's the closest without going over. Yes, he is. So congratulations, Chris, for a $50 gift certificate to wherever Kim decides you can get it. <laughs> now we're going to raise the stakes. We have the same thing next week, but for the Cat 988 loader that's in the Plymouth Quarry. So how many gallons does that have? And how many miles does it run? And that's in two seasons. So the gallons, because we got a rollover from this week, the gallons winner gets a hundred bucks next week. Nice. Wow. If get, we don't get anybody right next week, it'll roll over again. You could almost get two Hawaiian shirts for that. If it reaches five thousand dollars, we roll up. I'm just gonna take that right <laughs> off the table. Uh, <laughs> So, the 988 cat loader in Plymouth, that hatch runs that. How many gallons since we bought it? It's been a better part of two seasons, two full seasons. And how many miles is it driven? It's going to be more than the 330. I would hope so. Okay. History talk. So, I pulled out Herb's journals from 1943 in 1953, and these tell two totally different stories about uh, what was a young man in 1943, he's 37 years old, um, and early February, they were doing a, an airport job in Norgewalk over near, near where the landfill is, and he was back and forth to Norgewalk almost every single day um, while tending to many other things, but in this one particular passage expect to go to Norgewalk about noon amber went with me amber was his wife my grandmother a lot of changes on job today according to previous talk between mike and me smith l75 opening pit susie so he had a smith l uh, operator named smith was on l75 front shovel working on a pit for a contractor named susie bob was in the l75 uh stop stripping at the gravel pit built up the travel gear and put on a bale, so they did some work on that machine. Plumber on the L75 for repairs, crowd center drive. The L60 shovel was off for repairs, shipper, shipper shaft gear, etc. Stayed overnight. Mike and Fred Whitney had supper with us, Amber quite well. You uh, may remember that I had mentioned that his wife, Amber, uh, had some pretty serious health issues over the years, so he took her almost everywhere he went. Ten years later, 1953, there's a different picture of Herb Sargent, now a 43-year-old. Uh, and uh, this particular February, he was down in Florida. Got out to Brightwater Beach about 9.30 or 10, clear but sort of cool. Drove to Cypress Gardens. It was wonderful and warm there. Had dinner on the terrace and saw part of a water ski act. Then saw a complete show over again. Apparently they liked it. They stayed and watched <laughs> it again. And that's the way he could be. Saw Esther Williams in the skiing sequence. Don't know who that is, uh, but not near enough to recognize her. Took stroll through gardens and took boat ride through. Very colorful and interesting. Amber had a good day, but folded up around 6 p.m., meaning she got tired. Motel at Winter Haven. Start of day. He had $580 in his pocket. 
Three days at the beach, $38. Night motel, $8. Presents, etc., $15. Administration and tips, $4. Eats, $6. And that all adds up to $71. And at the end of his journal, he says, 580 minus 71 equals 509. Wow. That's so that's cool. uh, that two different, you know, completely different pictures of, of Herb, you know, when he was kind of getting started in business and when he'd been in for a few years and, and could, uh, he, he drove to Florida. They didn't fly. They always drove. And further in this journal, he talks about leaving there and driving to Ohio to see his sister and then on back to Maine and, uh, good stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great stuff. Okay, we don't have any announcements. So with that, we're going to wrap this thing up. Awesome. Anything you get to say to us? Who are you mentoring today? Call us if you need us. I'm going with zero accidents. Oh, he took mine. <laughs> zero accidents. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>